The following podcast contains assloads of spoilers. We here at Two Nerdskis in a Podcast are firm believers in preserving all the surprises of a genuine film viewing experience. And Bruce Willis was a ghost the whole time. Alright, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Whoa. Oh my god, I smell shenanigan! I have no idea what's going on, but I am excited! Yeah, baby, yeah! Ever dance with the devil in the pants? Inconceivable! Cowabunga! I thought this was a party! It's two Nerdskis and a podcast. With Eric and Jeff. Excelsior, everyone! Welcome to Two Nerd Skis and a Podcast, the one show where two nerd skis come together and talk about everything pop culture and entertainment. And of course, as always, I'm one of your nerd skis, Eric, and welcome to another Saturday special here at the show. And uh, unfortunately, Jeff is not here today. Jeff, um, well, it's kind of it's kind of difficult to describe uh, Jeff, but I'll just put it this much: he was not really interested in talking about today's topics. However, there was someone else in mind who uh, wanted to. So here from the Snyder Cut and, of course, the Reese special. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Our good pal, Reese. Uh, thanks so much for thanks so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate you coming on here. But uh, let everyone know that you're here. Guess who's back? <laughs> back again. <laughs> but yeah, uh, thanks for having me on again, Eric. You know, uh, yeah. I always love coming onto the podcast and, you know, discussing... Uh, some nerd shit, you know? Oh yeah, well, well, nerd shit is my thing. I mean, I'm like, I may not know much about politics or uh, much of what's going on in the mainstream or anything, but if it's something nerdy, I'm more than happy to tackle it. But oh, by the way, um, so I mentioned multiple times on the podcast that like you're the biggest uh, Nintendo fan, and uh, I just want to mention to you right now. Guess what? I finally started playing Breath of the Wild. I yep, <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I have to say, man, so I've never played a Legend of Zelda game before, and I was just like... Never? Not even one? Interesting. No. The only time I've ever played anything remotely with Link in it is Super Smash Bros. Okay. Which is embarrassing to say, but like... So I'm like... So right, it, just, to, just to let you know where I am right now, um, I have beaten three of the Divine Beasts. Okay. Okay, so you got one more left. You're almost... My, the last one, I saved the Volcano for last. Yeah, same, same here. Uh, the order I did it in, I did, um, uh, I did water, I did water, then I did uh, Gerudo Desert, then I did, um, oh, I can't remember the air. Did, you did air, yeah, yeah, I did air, and then I'm, and then I did bulk, uh, bulk so last. the air, the air, uh, the error, what <laughs> the order <laughs> of how I did it was, yes, error does not compute, does not compute. Um, the order I did it, um, uh, so far, I did water then air and then i went to earth technically sand i hate sand it's coarse coarse rough rough and irritating it, and it gets everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah dude i i was i I'm, I'm sure i have many questions to ask you but honestly i have my roommates are are have played the game so like i've basically gone to them for help also youtube is a great source mm-hmm. so but anyways, that is not what we're here to discuss today. So anyways, today on this very special Saturday special, we are here to discuss the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or at least 
a portion of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I didn't think we were ever going to we were ever going to cover it here on the show. But um, I, I know Jeff definitely has some of his favorites in the MCU. I mean, if you've heard us on the show before, you know that Jeff isn't really he has some issues with the MCU, mainly that it's too formulaic. They don't really jump to do any risks as much. I heard he likes Thor the Dark World. <laughs> I think that's a... <laughs> I'm pretty sure he, yeah, he absolutely loves that one. But um, what I wanted to ask you, Reese, real quickly is... Uh, so it's two. It's a two-parter. So what is your personal favorite MCU film? And what do you think is the actual best MCU film? Ooh, that's an interesting question. Man, I I don't hmm, I don't know I don't know what the second part of that question necessarily is because there's so many different metrics you could write on. But my favorite, I mean, you know, my favorite has gone back and forth for so long. Oh yeah, it, every time that Reese sees a Marvel uh, and at least an MCU film, like it, it immediately change his list immediately changes. So like I remember when it was winter soldier. And then like, I think you put guardians on top afterwards. Or, or I, I, I've wrong. never, I've never put guardians on top. It was close. Well, that's, but I've... that's my personal favorite. At least the first one. I do like the second one good, quite a bit. A good, good pick for, for your favorite. Yeah. Although I, in my opinion, in my opinion, the all time best MCU film would be captain America, the winter soldier. At least that's for me, at least the best one. Yeah, my favorite. Yeah, my favorite. It's it's either Captain America: The Winter Soldier or Avengers: Infinity War. That's what um, everyone says. It's either Infinity War. No one says Endgame. Ironic. Uh, so so here's the thing. There was a time, and you and you'll you'll remember this. There was a time where I held Endgame and Infinity War in equal regards, and mm-hmm. I think as a film, Infinity War works better. But Endgame, because like End Endgame, it's so hard to separate it between Infinity War because Infinity War. And this is why I think it's ultimately better. Infinity War can stand on its own. You can you cannot see a single MCU movie going to Infinity War. And sure, that you might be a little confused, but you can generally know where the plot's going. Endgame, you have to see Infinity War beforehand to know what the hell's going on. It's pretty much... Endgame is basically one giant three-hour third act, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, 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 can, I can see where you're going. And, you know, honestly, the arguments for Infinity War... And end or Endgame, either one of those two are incredibly valid. I mean, like they both are the movies that take two of the some of the biggest risks and jumps ever, and they pay off so well. I mean, obviously the, the Infinity War is really Thanos's movie, even though he's he's the antagonist, and yet no, he's the villainous protagonist. If that makes any sense, like the story is about him and reaching his goal of annihilating half of the universe so that the rest of the universe can survive. And obviously um, the Avengers are like, fuck that. And they chop off his head only for him to be like, I destroyed the stones. And then you create the greatest time heist movie ever made in Avengers Endgame. And of course, Back to the Future is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, one thing, one thing I will say about Endgame though, while I do think Infinity War is a better film, Endgame is without a doubt the best theatrical experience I've ever had in my life. I have nothing to agree else. On that. Nothing else even comes close. I don't know. Well, I don't. For me, I mean, I've had a lot of great theatrical experiences. I mean, fuck, uh, seeing Godzilla versus Kong in theaters instead of straight onto HBO Max was pretty fucking amazing. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely remember 
uh, just jumping with cheer when the portal scene happened and everyone. And well, my my theater, it, it was like in the afternoon. It, it was like literally the day it released, but like it wasn't as I didn't hear that many cheers. But like if you like go online and listen to, and watch like video reactions of people like in theaters the reactions are fucking out tremendous yeah that was basically what my theater experience was it was like a rock concert when when literally anything happened but then when the big show stopping moments happened like the entire theater just erupted like it was unlike anything i've ever seen before like not even star wars the force awakens and i had a pretty raucous theater you know for that um for that opening night as well but man endgame was just that that is like genuinely like the day I die. That's gonna be one of the moments that I remember unironically because <laughs> it is that ingr- it is that branded into my brain as such yeah. a phenomenal experience. It's definitely the MC, the Mar- It's let's put it this way: the Marvel Cinematic Universe at this point has cemented itself as like one of the greatest pop culture franchises in all of like history. Not just not just Marvels, and it's just that's just the MCU as a whole, of course, you know, Marvel has been a powerhouse for decades, but, um, the MCU has really solidified Marvel as like a force to be reckoned with. Um, I mean, I think it's the second longest film franchise in history. The first one, I think still being James Bond. Cause that one's yeah. been going on for about six decades, I think. Um, cause you know, no time to die was supposed to release last year, but of course the pandemic happened and now it's supposed to be releasing this year. I mean, if it's it only a matter releases. of time before Marvel overshoots even that, though, because I think they have like Marvel is on like their what 22nd film. And then James Bond, I think, is on like 25 or 26 films. Yeah, it's getting pretty close as to the number of movies that the MCU is uh, pretty much come out with. But um, I mean, it, and and it's not just it's not just movies, of course, that the MCU has have done. You know, they have had their share of a lot of tv shows and that's what we're really getting into for this uh special today so so let's take it back to after the first avengers comes out so it they decide that they're going to expand on the world of shield and so that's wow i'm in high school again yeah well i'm in college by this point um (laughs) like my first semester of college and so you have avengers no no you have a you have Agent of Shield, of course, and then there's Agent Carter. No one talks about Inhumans for a fucking good reason. No, um, <laughs> I'm sorry not to interrupt you, but like, man, Avengers is so awesome. Wouldn't it be awesome if Joss Whedon directed like a Justice League film or something? That would be uh, so cool. By the way, uh, if you would like to hear our thoughts on Justice League, not josh whedon's version but the good version there is the snyder cut special that we did and we and having reese on there was a blast so please check that out when you get a chance but uh, anyways um but of course after of course there's also uh cloak and dagger on abc slash freeform um there, hulu had the runaways i know i think you watched a little bit i watched one. the first season of runaways and that is without a doubt some of the worst tv I've ever seen in my life. Really? I hated the runaways so much. Really? I have granted, I haven't really granted. I haven't seen that. I saw one episode of Bat- Batwoman at a friend's house. Um, the CW Batwoman. And I think that that one episode I saw that might was, give it a run for its money. 
Maybe if if I if I took the time to watch that whole series, I'd probably think it's worse than Runaways. But mm. I've only seen one episode of that, so I cannot judge the whole the whole package. But from the one episode okay. I saw, I was not impressed to say the least. Okay. Um. But then of course you get to our favorite part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe shows, and those are on Netflix. And so of course. Eh. I'd, I'd say 50 50 50 50 i mean i mean that's fair but i would still say like at least two of those sh- the other half are still better than some of the other superhero shows that have come out in recent years i feel like yes, but um, yeah of course we have daredevil which is in my opinion not just one of the best superhero shows ever made but also one of the best tv shows ever made in my humble opinion yeah. um I wouldn't be surprised if Reese and I decided to spend an entire special talking about Daredevil at some point, because I think that show is just fucking tremendous or just the rest of the Netflix shows. But of course there's Jessica Jones, um, good for good first season rough on the edges in the second season. I still haven't watched the third season. Um, I completely forgot there was a third season. I'm not going to lie. (laughs) Most people do. Um, Luke Cage only ran for two seasons. Great first half in the second in yep. the first season and then the se- yeah the first half. the first half of luke cage is honestly i think some of like the best of the marvel netflix that first mm-hmm. half of the first season is amazing and it nosedives after that which is really which is kind of surprising i mean i guess it's because mahershala ali really made that first half and now he's gonna play blade in the mcu which i'm oh, like i'm so fucking excited for that oh i'm not gosh. because it's what? The, it's more well, because it's fucking disney they're gonna uh, make yeah it that's PG-13. true yeah that's true um uh, and then it's sad about iron fist because iron fist because iron fist is one of my favorite um lesser known well he he's 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 pretty well known but he's like but compared to like i don't think the average marvel like casual person knows who iron fist is but like yeah they did them dirty i actually if i recall when the first season came out you actually enjoyed it a lot more than i did and then i stopped halfway through the second season yeah i i yeah i did enjoy it. i watched the second time i didn't enjoy it quite as much i think I don't know. I think I think that show is a little overly hated. Like it's not amazing, but like people like think it's like the worst of the Netflix shows. And I bought hell no. Like there, it there's is, so much. It is the weakest of the shows, but it's not bad. In it's not like. Well, I mean, I think I think there's I think there's seasons of other shows that like like I mean, you mentioned Jessica Jones season two. That's just I mean, that's just boring. Like from start to finish. Punisher season two, I was shocked how. Oh yeah, there's Punisher also that. as well. Punisher was a spinoff of Daredevil, and John Bernthal was a fucking monster as uh, Frank Castle, and he plays it so well too. Um, so damn good. The first season is like one of the few things that actually make me like get really grossed out. I was like, oh, ah, ah, oh, oh. but uh, I still haven't watched the second season yet. Yeah, you're not missing out much with season. That's what everyone tells me, but I'm still going to check it out regardless. But um, yeah, but yeah, so that's those are all the Marvel. Those are all the Marvel Cinematic Universe TV shows. Now, the thing is, is for the longest time, there was always there was always they're They're all supposed to be connected to the actual film series. Sort of. I mean, they do reference at least the events of the first Avengers movie, but they don't. at at least in the first at least in the netflix shows but like everyone else is kind of like it's kind of scattered it's also really 
the reason why it's really kind of like uncertain if they're all connected or not is because Marvel Studios and Marvel Television are com- two complete separate companies. And Jeff Loeb ran Marvel Television. And of course, Kevin Feige, the Lord and Savior of Marvel, ran Marvel Studios. And from what I understand, I think Kevin Feige was not fond of the TV shows as much because they didn't fit with his vision of the MCU. And so once Marvel Television, I think, eventually folded, that's when Kevin Feige was like, all right, now we're doing things my way. Um, I think he has recently in like several months ago, maybe he said that like he has not forgot he has not forgotten the other shows. So kudos to him at least. But um, so when Disney Plus was announced, that's when it was revealed that like Kevin Feige is like, all right, we're going to do some TV shows with our characters and they're actually going to connect. And so we have first on the list. WandaVision, starring, of course, Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda Maximoff, a.k.a. Scarlet Witch, and, of course, Paul Bettany as the Vision himself. and As well as a Luke Skywalker-level cameo. Yeah, what a uh, what an interesting show, I will say the least. Um, definitely, definitely good, though. It's, it's, I mean, Marvel has definitely tried to experiment in the past. I mean, their last great experiment that was a great success, in my opinion, was the first Guardians movie, because come on, who had ever, who had even heard of Guardians of the Galaxy, unless you were like a hardcore Marvel Comics fan? Yeah, unless you were Um, Eric. Yeah, unless you were me. I mean, I knew who the Guardians, I, yes, I did read the comics. Uh, I didn't read Guardians comics, but I read mostly like Spider-Man comics. And then most of my other knowledge comes from like, like, marvel like comic book databases and whatnot but i mean it's not that i don't read comics anymore it's just like the thing is if i want to read a comic it's apparently it has to be a giant crossover event and i have to read all these tie-ins and i'm like i don't want to do that i'd rather just read a good solid comic book series from start to finish or whatnot and that's why i read mostly a lot of older issues so like that's why a lot of that's why the original steve Stanley and Steve Ditko run on Spider-Man is fucking amazing. Um, so uh, it's so I I heard of Guardians, but I never really. Um, I mean, I saw them on Avengers: Earth's Mightiest Heroes, which is a far better animated series than Earth and <laughs> Avengers Assemble. Uh, thank you, Disney, for killing that show. Um, fuck you, too, <laughs> in that regard. But um, no, I never really like really knew who the guardians were until the movie came out. And that was a massive success. I mean, who would have thought that a talking raccoon and a giant fucking tree would become like two of the biggest stars in the MCU. So it's it, they Marvel really knows how to, or at least Kevin Feige really knows how to make uh, household names out of characters. And so uh, with here, of course, Wanda and I mean, Scarlet Witch and vision first appeared both in, uh avengers age of ultron actually captain america the winter soldier that's where wanda first shows up first at the like the make credit scene in that movie but she's first fully introduced of course in age of ultron and um i I find it funny because i mentioned it too in our godzilla 2014 episode or installment that um it's funny how like she and aaron taylor johnson who plays quicksilver they played like a married couple in Godzilla 2014 and then the next year they're siblings superpowered siblings so I thought that was just a nice little like huh interesting but anyways um 
I, I, I guess my question is, is like, how, how do you feel about Wanda or at least Scarlet Witch as a whole in the MCU? Same thing with Vision overall. Uh, are we talking like before or after Wanda? I would just say before uh, WandaVision. Like, okay, how have you how have you felt about them as characters up to this point? Um, I mean, I enjoyed them, but they weren't like my favorite characters. But I think that was mostly just because up until now we haven't really gotten you know a movie that really focused on them and developed them. They were mostly just kind of side characters that contributed to the plot with 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 um good material. That's not to say that they're like static characters by any means. They both developed over time and especially like the climax of an infinity war is just absolutely heartbreaking where wanda literally has to watch vision die twice in a row in absolutely grotesque painful ways yeah and you know it's also funny it, it you're i was going to mention too like it's kind of because of wanda that you actually get the sokovia accords in um civil war too so yeah she that's has, true she has a quite a bit to play in in the storyline up until WandaVision. So it it gets pretty interesting. And of course, you know, Vision, we all knew him originally as Jarvis, Iron Man's uh, good old AI. And then, of course, he's used he, part of his essence. His essence is, is created to is used to create Vision. And of course, Vision is, along with Captain America, one of the only other beings besides Thor who can lift Mjolnir. And actually, it's funny. I remember... My audience, when I saw uh, Age of Ultron on opening night, just laughing their asses off when they're when they when he lifts Mjolnir up, and we're just like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, but, yeah what, it's really. I can't remember what my audience reaction was to that. That's too far back for me to remember. <laughs> it's about six years ago. I, it's funny. I it's funny that I can still remember that. But but yeah, so. Going into WandaVision, you're like, okay, so obviously we know Wanda's still kicking, of course, but how is Vision still alive? Didn't we just see him get his fucking... Didn't we see the Soul Stone get fucking ripped out of his head? <laughs> so, and of course, all the question, questions are answered, but of course, we start off WandaVision with a good old 50s sitcom, everybody, and... It's it's very interesting that they go with this format because um, I remember when I first saw or I first heard about the premise for WandaVision, I was like, what? <laughs> it's it's very experimental in its approach because I, I I was very I, I yeah it was very thrown off by like the sitcom premise or at least the the homage to all the classic sitcoms or at least the era of sitcoms and so. I was very curious to see how it would play out, and I was pleasantly surprised. So, um, yeah, um, how are, how did you feel about the approach altogether? Yeah, so when it was first announced, I'm like, huh, that's weird, but that's also really different. I'm curious to see what happens with it. And then ever since the first uh, the first trailer popped up, I can't remember how long that was before it actually premiered, but I saw it, and I'm like, wow, this, look, this looks really this looks really interesting interesting and i'm intrigued i want to see where this goes because i was kind of i'm not exactly like jeff in his current stance of the mcu but i can but i'm some i'm somewhat there and i can understand where he's come, coming from in the sense that like oh, yeah avengers endgame you know it's this finale on 11 years of marvel work it pretty much it pretty much wraps up everything in a perfect bow it's it's satisfying it's a satisfying conclusion and at that point it's like well 
I don't want to like ruin it by continuing continuing the story. And for me, and from my perspective, and I've I think I've talked about this on the podcast, even let alone you know you guys. But for me, for where I'm concerned, yes, Endgame is where it ends for me. I don't care about any of the canon moving forward. Endgame, that's where the story ends. However, I still like watching the, these shows on their own merits and viewing them, you know, as their own individual works in a bubble, like I would, like I would with any, um, like I would with any superhero film. Because Which I guess you know, makes sense. Because these are being, because you know, they're being handled by you know different teams of you know directors, cinematographers, composers. You know, the entire, you know, the entire staff is different, and they have their own ideas to contribute. Mm-hmm on where they want to take these characters. And obviously, you know, it's a little more bottleneck because the, they are in the same cinematic universe. So it's not like, you know, something like, you know, Joker where it's like its own, its own unique interpretation and it's not held back by previous iterations of Joker in the DCEU. So you still have that, but there's still a surprisingly amount of, amount of, of uh, leeway and room where to take these characters. And so I was still, you know, just the premise of this alone, where it's like, hey, this is going to be a canon MCU TV show in the style of various different decades of uh, comedies, which that's really weird. I want to see I want to see this. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I guess that brings us to episode one, which uh, draws a lot of heavy inspiration from Dick Van Dyke in particular. And I absolutely fell in love with this uh, right from the start, you know, right from episode one. Uh, I also love, uh, I can't remember the uh, actress's name, but the one who plays Kitty on that 70s show. I was going to say, Deborah I Dre love Ruff. that she's in this show. Oh my God. I lo- I, okay. <laughs> I, I had, this is actually a big gripe, gripe of mine. Um, I, I of course enjoy Deborah Jo Rupp as Kitty Foreman in that 70s show. Cause that 70s, and that 70s show is one of my all time favorite sitcoms. Actually, it is my all-time favorite sitcom, but I was actually really disappointed that she didn't come back for the 70s. <laughs> oh my. Because that would have been so fucking perfect. But I think she said in the past, she was like, uh, she wasn't interested in doing that hairdo all over again. Cause like I think that was one of her major gripes on working on that 70s show is because she had to wear that wig and she didn't I I think she also hated the fashion of the 70s and she felt uncomfortable doing all that all, all over again so i'm like i could see where she was going with it but i'm like god such a fucking missed opportunity there it could have worked so fucking well <laughs> i feel like that kind of meta humor works better for deadpool though not really not really one division that's not to say that one division isn't meta it's very clearly oh, meta it is incredibly meta the amount of <laughs> the amount of like references they make in like each episode is ridiculous so like go i mean going to uh, i mean you want to go crazy like they have commercials in each fucking episode that are like in universe and they all reference something that happened in wanda's life so like for example the first episode has a commercial about the toast made 2000 brought to you by stark industries and as you know stark industries their tech killed wanda's family or at least her parents so uh that's some that's how it that's how it like touches on Wanda's life. And then the second commercial has Strucker watches because of Baron von Strucker of Hydra. That is a very horrible German accent. It was terrible. Go take a lap (laughs) on your left. (laughs) But yeah, every, we'll talk talk about that for the next show. (laughs) But yeah, every, every commercial is very significant. And I, I liked how, also, I like how they're presented too. Like, you know, 
The 50s commercial feels like a 50s commercial. 60s commercial feels like a 60s commercial. The 70s, 80s all feel like perfect examples for their era. Um, I also like the way they use... Uh, by the way, every intro for WandaVision is completely different too to fit the era as well. And like, this is how you know that they're really going all for it. Is is This is like, they're completely committed to portraying like the different periods of sitcoms i'm like kudos to marvel on that part well the episode the episodes with um with the audience laughter those aren't laugh tracks those were like actually filmed in front of live that's studio what audiences. i like it's that's what really i understand authentic. yeah that's what I, yeah it that is that's actually really commendable i i appreciate them doing that but you know i of course obviously like you know during the sitcoms like during the uh, each episode of course you get the you get the class of like oh they have to deal with this issue and this whatnot and then of course you can kind of see you can kind of see and hear glimpses of reality trying to break through this mirage because um, that's what's going on here. But um, there is one uh, so like after the seventies episode we do, we do get to see kind of like how this kind of started and that's and it starts off with. A uh, Captain Monica Rambo, Rambo, who is um, her mother was Maria, and she was the best friend of good old Captain Marvel from Captain Marvel the movie itself. So um, it, it turns out that she's an agent of Sword. She's uh, you almost said Shield there. <laughs> I almost said Shield. We'll get to <laughs> yeah. I almost said Shield there. They're almost basically the same organization. They're basically yeah. Basically, it's like well, shit. We can't use Shield because that's down. Uh, I don't know, sword. I guess <laughs> unless you unless you watched Agents of Shield and uh, but even then that gets all muddled up in the in the narrative. I stopped but watching after like the fourth or fifth season. I stopped watching halfway through. Was it the second season that Daisy gets powers? Um, yeah, and and the reason why I stopped watching was because Daredevil happened. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a good reason. Yeah. Um. But anyways, so here we see that she's following up on a case, um, somewhere in New Jersey, and she's uh being helped up by FBI agent Jimmy Wu. By the way, uh, I never thought that. Um, oh God, what was his name again? Randall uh, Park. Yeah, Randall Park. I never thought that Randall Park would be. I mean, because I mean, I thought he was all right in Ant Man and the Wasp. I did here, not like him in Ant Man. Here, he was a fucking delight. So I thought he was great. And I mean, Randall Park is he's a pretty good he's he's a good actor. I mean, I I enjoy I enjoy his work quite a bit, especially in the interview with James Franco and Seth Rogen. That was a did you ever see that one? Yeah, I, I saw that was that a good comedy. Theaters, I remember that was that, a, yeah. Dude, remember? Dude, sorry. Side note: Do you remember the whole controversy with that movie? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that the whole, was so the North Korea and the Sony leaks and all. <laughs> oh my god, there was so much shit going on at that time. But anyway, so like, so Monica and Jimmy Woo they discovered this uh, like hexagonic hexag hexagonal like static field around the city of is it Westview? Yeah, it's Westview. Yeah. And uh, so Monica gets pulled through and that's how, and so when we first see her actually in episode two, she's like in 60s attire. And then, of course, in episode three, um, she brings up that wasn't your brother killed by Ultron? Because this is so in episode three, backtracking here, Wanda and she gives, basically pulls an Anakin and goes, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she she pull she gives birth. She gives birth to twins. And she was like, I had a brother named Pietro and. Monica's like, wasn't he killed by Ultron? And that's when 
Wanda. That's when you. Well, I would say the first instance of like reality breaking through is when Wanda, when like Vision's boss kind of like chokes, is like choking on food, and she's like, "Vision, help him, help him." And of course, uh, Deborah Joe Rupp's character is like, "Stop it!" Because she's you can kind of tell she's kind of like telling her like, "Stop it! Like save him, please." And that's actually her original like character like telling her to stop. And so in episode three, going back to that, so that's when Monica is blasted out of Westview and uh she gets interesting afterwards. I'll just say that much. We'll get we'll get back to that later. But yeah, so during that time that Monica's in there though, they get the rest of Sword. I was about to say shield again. God damn it. <laughs> Sword establishes a base around the town, and then they bring in Darcy Lewis from Thor. Uh, and by the way, I mean, I never hated Kat Dennings in uh, the Thor movies. I thought she was just like, all right, here I'm. It's funny. It's like it. it it's funny that like th- this show, and of course Falcon and Winter Soldier, they take like characters that weren't the Avengers characters, and they basically like make them likable. So that's so I commend Marvel for making i no i congratulate yeah commend mar congratulate i i congratulate marvel for making me like darcy lewis because like she's genuinely like figuring out what's going on because like the moment she figures out what's going on she's like does anyone have an old television from the 50s i can use and so and so that's how she watches the sitcom wandavision and i was, so I was kind of mixed on her if i'm being honest really <laughs> I yeah, mean, I, I, can, I, can I like she like she was nowhere near as bad as in the Thor as in the Thor movies, but like I wasn't I wasn't like enthralled with her by any means. I th- I thought I thought some of her lines were funny, and there were other lines that just really fell flat for me. And I was like, eh, that just that f- it felt like a Marvel line. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's that it's that typical kind of behavior. Like for example, in Thor: The Dark World, when uh, Doctor Selvig's like, "What happened to Loki?" And Thor's like, he's dead. And he's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so they 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 establish the perimeter. Um, and that's like the first real break you get with um, the, the sitcoms. And then, of course, in episode five, and that's episode four. So in episode five, they go back to the sitcoms and you get you get to the 80s. This is where shit really gets crazy. So um, I, I know we've been kind of breezing through a lot of things here but that's because there's just so much but i wanted to get through like sort of the main plot points but like so in the 80s you figure so um vision obviously so throughout the show vision's kind of like trying to realizing that like all is not what it appears to be so he's just kind of like he's kind of like trying to figure out what's going on and so um when he's at his office in the 80s episode um he 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 reads an email from sword that was that reveals the situation from Westview and he, and he breaks it to a real, like he breaks it to one of his like coworkers. So he like uses his like mind manipulating abilities. Marvel like, magic. Yeah. Marvel magic. Yes. Magic. Shut up. You weirdo. <laughs> and so he's, and so he's, uh, so he, he frees him from his like, uh, trance. And he's just like, you gotta stop her, man. You got to stop her. And that's when you realize some there's something sinister at play. And then, of course, he puts him back. Um, and so, oh, um, 
and so the very I end be, of... i can't be the only person that thought of get out like once this part of the <laughs> plot like started I, coming into the show i have i did not think about that whatsoever and now every time i'm going to think about that i'm going to be like huh <laughs> nice going reese thank you <laughs> but yeah he um they have an argument about like what's going on and whatnot while the credits are playing so it's like WandaVision, dun 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 dun, and then the and, and that's going on in the background, and of course, Vision's like furious at Wanda. They're almost about to actually fight, and then what happens is someone rings the doorbell, and Wanda promises her Vision, "I did not do that." And as she opens the door, and um, it looked like Quicksilver jumped from the X Men universe to the Marvel Cinematic Universe because it's Evan Peters playing Pietro. Or Quicksilver, and so for I and I remember for the longest time we were all like, "Is he actually playing Pietro?" Because like there were so many fucking theories as to what was going on in this show. Was it like was was some other? Was there someone? Was there some sort of like sinister thing going on at work, manipulating the town and uh, just helping to appease Wanda? Was Wanda really the one to manipulate things? And um, the latter is actually true. We'll, we'll elaborate on that. But the question is like, was Pietro, was Evan Peters actually playing Pietro? Was he playing someone else? And so that that gets really muddled up in the themes. But um, I think my favorite of the sitcom settings was number was episode six the halloween episode yes because right and i here. love how it opens up too because it reminds me of like malcolm in the middle it's like well that well that's exactly what it's inspired off of. oh yeah like the of second the second they went through that through that intro i was like oh my god i can't believe they're actually because I, I never expected like of all the of all the comedies I thought that they were gonna do, I never would have imagined Malcolm in the middle. Can you repeat them. the question? You're not the boss You're of me boss now. Of me now. You're not the boss of me now. <laughs> Life is unfair. <laughs> um, but like, what I like is that we get to see like Vision and Wanda wearing like their original OG costumes as. <laughs> And that's their like their costume looks. Of course, the the twins get older. Um, yeah, the twins. Um, God, what are the twins' names? Well, again? technically, they got older in the last episode, right? Before, yeah. yeah. Well, they got older. Yeah, they got older in the previous episode because they were just like, I know how to fix this. Change and change. Let's get older. Yay! <laughs> and we're like Marvel magic, everybody. <laughs> so, but I, yeah, I, I like the twin. By the way, the twins are actually kind of a delight. They do bring a new kind of dynamic to. Yeah, I series, usually I, feel like. I usually hate kid actors in films. Looking at <laughs> looking right at you, Iron Man three, but <laughs> no, but I actually I thought the I thought you were gonna twins... I thought you were gonna say uh, poor what's his name from uh, Phantom Menace. <laughs> oh, oh man, uh, Jake Lloyd. I feel bad for Jake Lloyd. Honestly, yeah, I do too. I but then again, didn't him. he get himself arrested? Like, yeah, he years got. Ago? I think he got like a DUI or something like yeah. that a few years ago. But anyways, yeah. we have uh, the twins, Billy and Tommy, and then they are, of course, if if anyone knows the Marvel comics, of course they are, of course they're they're her children, but they're also like future superheroes in their own rights. I think it's um, T- Billy. P- Billy is um, God. What is this character's name again? Oh yeah, he's no Billy is Wiccan, so he has so he inherits his mother's 
magical abilities and then tommy is speed and he's he's inherited quicksilver's powers so he he runs super fast and so they add to that special dynamic and especially in the one in the halloween episode because in that one they're all it like it reminds me of like how you know malcolm would like in malcolm in the middle would uh go out and portray the shows um and just be like you know it's hard being this kind of stuff so Mom's going out here and she's decked up and stuff. And so like, oh, I like this. I like this way how they're. Yeah, where he kind of breaks the fourth wall and he's like talking to the camera, like as he's like, you know, setting up for like, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, his day, you know, (laughs) that's just this again. This is how fucking meta this entire series is. It's pretty fucking crazy. I'm not going to lie. But but yeah, when you when you fast forward they're obviously Quicksilver is dress up as Quicksilver, like his old eighties, like no sixties costume. And so they have a nice little conversation about like, Pietro, do you remember life um, before the Avengers or whatnot? He's like, um, bits and pieces kind of. And he's, and the thing is like, he's definitely, he's definitely got that like dude uncle kind of vibe to him. Cause like, Hey kids, yo bro, how you doing? Froom, froom, froom. I'm the Quicksilver guy. <laughs> what not? Um, and then like, it gets really creepy at one point. Cause like, dude, remember how freaked out were you when, um, Pietro kind of like, <laughs> looked like he was, yeah, he looked, he was all zombified. It's like Marvel zombies run for your life. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, I don't know. They already, I don't, I don't know. I, I, it was a cool, it was a cool effect, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like a jump scare or anything. It wasn't know. as creepy as episode three when you saw no episode four i was kind of disappointed because they didn't really they didn't really it didn't really go anywhere it was just kind of this random thing that i guess wanda was projecting but it was i I don't know we'll we'll get into that when oh yeah we'll we'll get into that we'll get to that in a moment but um all this time of course so like all this time of course there is um so uh, again going back to the halloween episode of course so like um vision has pretty much like figured out something's not right and so he's going to go try and see if he can go outside of westview the moment he tries to break out of westview he starts to crumble and disintegrate and so you realize something's not right and so wanda so no wiccan figures out his father's in trouble and so wanda expands the barrier and so everything that you know not of the era at the moment becomes of the era and it's it's kind of cre- it's kind of crazy and creepy how like she expands the barrier to like include all this and ha- seeing how things change or whatnot, um, especially especially when we see that Darcy gets accidentally like dropped in. So then you get to the two thousands episode breaking the fourth wall. That's episode seven, and it totally and of course it's a total rip. It's a total homage to Modern Family. Um, yeah, modern I family, was... uh, modern family office, and then I also caught a little uh, Arrested Development as well. I, I, you know, it's funny. I've I started watching Arrested Development. I haven't. I think I'm still on the first season. Um, uh, I, I thought I just feel I just feel like it's almost like watching. It's almost like watching a dysfunctional family version of It's Always Sunny. Like I'm surprised It's Always Sunny <laughs> wasn't like parodied actually to be honest cuz Oh, like, I'm oh, I'm I'm not surprised. Dude, It's Always Sunny is like way too. Like I mean that's like a straight up like R-rated like sitcom. But it's like but or it's at like least, or at least a high or at least a high PG-13 
Like there's like no, the there's funniest. no way Disney. Oh, dude, I it's all sunny is like one of my favorite comedies of all time. But there's like no way Disney would try to parody that into the MCU. Oh yeah, sure. They don't want to do the episode. They don't want to parody the episode where it turns out this registered sex offender looks a lot like Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> I just I laugh at that episode because like he goes to the park and he puts on a fake mustache and he takes off his shirt and he's like, hey, kids, let's exercise. And all the mothers are taking the kids away. And then the dad just gang up on him and beat the shit out of them. <laughs> and then like, he goes up to the sex offenders like apartment. He's like, hey, dipshit, let, let's get something straight. And so like I think by the end of that, like there's a kid that goes into the apartment and the guy and the sex offender just smiles and closes the door. I'm like, oh, shit, this got dark. Um. Yeah, it's always sunny. Is like is definitely an R-rated sitcom. It's it's it's. I'm surprised it's still going on. What? How many seasons are there? What? Fourteen seasons now? Maybe. Yeah. Even more. I'm surprised that it's still as funny as it because usually like fourteen seasons. This is like tackling the coronavirus. Actually, <laughs> I don't know. I haven't. I haven't seen uh, the last uh, the the two most recent seasons. So neither I have I. I. I I'm sure I'll probably watch again at some point, but, but yeah, anyway, so anyways, going back to, going back to this. So Wanda decides in this episode, she's going to take a day off. Um, and then, um, I, I like this episode quite a bit actually, cause we get to see vision kind of really figure out how things are. And then like, <laughs> I love the interview segments in this, especially when like in vision's final interview segment, he's just like, what are we doing here? Why am I sitting here having this conversation? <laughs> <laughs> he takes the mic off and he just walks out of frame. It's great. <laughs> and then like, there's actually, no, do you remember? Do you remember? He actually looks at the camera while yeah, he's he stuck does, in the he does like He does like the classic Jim Halpert, like look directly <laughs> into the camera. <laughs> oh, that was great. I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, and so, so Wanda, she's like having... She decides she's going to spend the day to herself and she's going to send the kids off to Agatha to take care of them. And by the way, so let's talk about Agatha Harkness because Agatha Harkness is one hell of a fascinating character. She's probably one of the more refreshing Marvel antagonists in quite a while. Um, I don't know how you feel about her, but I always felt that like it was refreshing to see a villain who wasn't necessarily... She was she was the main villain, but she wasn't necessarily the catalyst of everything. But she definitely she definitely um, had a lot to do. And you know, kudos to uh, Catherine Hahn for her performance. She fucking nailed it all the ballpark each time. Um, and so I can't see I can't look at Catherine Hahn without thinking of Parks and Re- Re- Recreation. Was she in all that like, show? All, oh yeah, yeah. She's yeah. She's in a few different episodes i never watched like parks main... and rec so i wouldn't know you've never oh my gosh like i know like parks and rec is like you know a basic show but it's like it like genuinely i think i think it holds up like despite being like super mainstream and stuff mm-hmm. like that it i i fucking love parks and recreation i mean and she's I, hilarious in that show but anyways. i mean i know parks and rec definitely is from what i've heard one of the best shows i mean obviously fucking chris pratt came out of that show and yeah that show basically made him a household name. And then of course, Guardians of the galaxy. But, um, but so you figure you learn that Agatha is this very old witch from Salem. And you get to see you do in the, in the next episode, you get to see how like Ag- Agatha, um, basically 
is revealed to be this very dark evil witch um and she she killed her own coven and her own mother um when they tried to kill her for practicing dark magic but um i will say she has one killer of a theme song it was agatha all along <laughs> um did you know that that's actually her singing the song no i i did not know that yeah actually. i found out too apparently that is katherine hahn no so she's a double threat not only can she fucking act amazingly um she turns out she's not she's pretty good singer too um and she's and she's also it turns out that she's the one who sent pietro to spy on uh wanda and vision and her and the rest of the family so uh it's it gets pretty fucking crazy um towards the end and it's where we get and then it's it's when we get to episode eight that we really get to figure out what exactly happened and that's when you learn really about Wanda's history and it's honestly, it's pretty kind of tragic because Wanda, I feel like Wanda has been, she, she's, I feel like Wanda has been pretty much the one character in the MCU so far that has been constantly screwed over. Like she lost her family. She lost her brother. Um, she helped create this. She accidentally created the, was instrumental in the Sokovia Accords. Uh, she had to watch her lover die twice, as Reese mentioned, and of course now she, you find that so you find that um, prior to the events of episode one, she went to Sword because Sword had taken uh, Vision's body, and they basically pretty basically uh, disassembled him to try and figure out how to create more androids like him, um, and unfortunately. She goes, so she goes to Westview. She tries, she's, she goes to the property that looks like Vision bought. I'm like, how did Vision buy property when he didn't know how, when he didn't have any money? Um, I guess maybe he borrowed it from Tony. <laughs> um, but she creates this barrier. She, she basically uses her powers to create this fantasy world and you, you using the power of, the memories of vision she creates a ver a version of vision to help fill that void and you suddenly learn that this show is what the show is really all about and this is something i really wanted to touch and this is something i think that um wanda that at least wandavision i think falcon and winter soldier handle pretty well are its overall themes and for wandavision the primary theme is pretty well explanatory it's really about the grieving process um of course, you know, everyone deals with the grieving process differently. We all find different ways to do it. You hope that sometimes it's positive, but sometimes it's very negative. But um, believe me, I've, I've been through it quite a bit um, and it's it's not pretty. But um, interesting way for Wanda how to deal with her uh, grief. I'll tell you that much, but I think it's kind of justified. And it also I, I had many theories as to who is really behind the events of everything all along. And I, 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 by the way, I hated the, as much as I would like to have seen Mephisto, I don't think it would have served the story at any point. Cause it, then it takes away from Wanda's arc and Wanda's arc is the grieving process. And so I, I, I like that she creates this TV sitcom world to basically fill, fill the void that she wanted to create the life that she hoped to have lived with, with vision who unfortunately has passed. 
Or has he? Because you find out at the end of that episode in a post credit scene, Vision's been repaired and he's all white. And I remember when I saw him, I'm like, oh, cool. Because um, Vision at one point was white. Um, like he was an entirely white android. I forgot what the circ- I don't know exactly remember what the circumstances were, but yeah, um, Vision turned out to Vision was they they recreated Vision because they were able to get get some like some item or at least a, a fallen drone that was um, amplified by Wanda's chaos magic, and uh, that's how they recreate the Vision. And of course, you learn that act. You learn well, actually, you learn why she lives in a very sitcom world, and it's because she grew up with sitcoms all her life, and uh, that she watching sitcoms with her family was a great pastime. And of course, you learn that it's during it's during that pastime is that's how her parents died, and that's how she and Pietro um, had to learn to fend for themselves on their own. Um, and then you see her watching sitcoms all throughout, um, through her life. There's a really great moment. Um, I, I think, I guess during the events between the events of age of Ultron and civil war, where she and vision have a great moment. And by the way, I just want to mention, this is the one time where we get to see Brian Cranston in the MCU, but unfortunately it's Hal from Malcolm in the middle. <laughs> I'm like, I like how they chose the scene where Malcolm is no, where Mal, uh, Hal, Hal, God damn it. <laughs> where how basically gets collapsed on by the roof and like, Oh, that's a really funny moment. Um, but yeah, it's a really, it's a really heart to heart moment. And I like how vision puts it. It's what is grief if not love persevering. And I thought that was a really deep quote. I don't know how you felt about it, Reese, but, um, I, I was really, I was really touched by that quote. Um, I, I think, um, I don't know, you know, I'll, 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 I'll save my thoughts after we go through the, um, after we go through the full show. Cause like, I have, I have so many, like, I have so many different thoughts, like beyond just like the quote and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I feel like it'd be better to do it after we discuss like the general plot. Okay. Well then, so in the finale, of course, Ag- so you, well, you've learned that Agatha basically after learning Wanda's history, she basically figures out that. Wanda is technically a legend. She possesses a legendary form of magic called chaos magic. And that's how she gets her code name, the Scarlet Witch. Cause if you really think about it, she had just been known as Maximoff or Wanda the entire time, but never been called Scarlet Witch. I mean, we, as the audience knew she was a Scarlet Witch, but she never had that code name, by the way. Um, she totally could have beaten Thanos, um, in Avengers Endgame, But apparently as remember, it had to be Tony because remember Dr. Strange is like, only one outcome where you all win, but at a great price. Um, so, so, um, Agatha tries to take Wanda's chaos magic, but the new vision, the old, the original vision arrives and tries to kill Wanda, but her vision arrives just in time. Um, they fight, they have a giant fight. So Agatha and Wanda fight. And then the two visions fight. Um, the vision, the two visions talking, uh, fighting with each other was actually my favorite part because there's that great moment um like at towards the end of their fight where they really question like what it is what it is to be um i guess 
yeah, what ship it of, is. the ship of the of thesis or thesis, however you pronounce it, I can't remember. That was actually trending on Twitter after the episode because of how much of a highlight was it. That the ship was. of Theseus. Yes, Theseus. Yeah. yeah. We're basically like what is real and what is not real, that kind of thing. I, I think mm-hmm. I, I I need to relook that stuff up, but like essentially, Wanda's vision essentially unlocks the old memories within uh, the white vision and then white vision. You see that his eyes change and become like the eyes that OG vision has. And he goes, I am vision and just flies away. And so after that, after that, Monica, uh, well, by the way, Monica, Monica has an interesting development. You want to talk about her for a sec? Because I think Monica, um, you see that Monica, after she went through the barrier, you find out that she has some something going on with her. And so when she tries to break through the barrier the second time, she gets through it okay. And you realize there's something special about her, all right. And so she's able to break she's able to break Pietro uh, free from uh, Agatha's control. And it turns out he's an actor named Ralph Boner. I kid you not, Ralph Boner. Um <laughs> I'm like reminds I, me of uh, reminds me of the uh, Mandarin reveal in Iron Man three. <laughs> it also remind it also reminds me a lot of um, McLovin from fucking Superbad. I'm just like your name's McLovin, <laughs> Ralph Boner. Do you also go to school with McLovin? <laughs> um, so so afterwards, Wanda beats Vision. Wanda beats Agatha at her own game, and she gets a sick new costume. Um, basically she, she says goodbye to her, her vision and, and her twins before she, um, closes out the hex and causes everyone to go back to normal and the rest of the town to go back to normal. And she goes away without any consequences whatsoever, because sure, that's how you handle grief. And apparently everyone thinks you, everyone forgives you. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's not how that's supposed to work, but okay, um, while, so the director of sword is arrested because it turns out he's a ma- he's a massive dick. Um, and he tried to kill, uh, Wanda and everyone else. Uh, Monica is, a, is approached by a scroll who is a friend of Nick Fury and her mother's and, um, quick, we have to set you up for secret invasion. Come with yep. me. <laughs> and then in the post credit scene, you see Wanda's studying the dark hold, which is a book that. Agatha had and I think the Darkhold is one of the there's a theory that the Darkhold is the missing book missing from the Ancient Ones library in Doctor Strange um, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case because we see Wanda outside on the porch drinking tea or whatnot and then you see um, Wanda in her astral form reading the Darkhold and then she hears the twins cry for help but the twins aren't real but that is the uh that is a long uh description of the plot but anyways so um uh, overall i like wandavision quite a bit um it's definitely it definitely had balls in trying to in its approach cuz it's definitely something that has not been done i feel like marvel has never really done before so i i commend them for doing that um i really liked I like that we get it's not I like that we get to see like side characters of side characters uh, get more of a spotlight. Um, I would like to see 
Jimmy Woo like get a spinoff of uh, him going around try- doing X File things in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He has a spinoff. He's the, he's going to be uh, one of the antagonists in the next Aquaman film. Obviously. <laughs> Wait, is Randall Park really in the next uh, Aquaman? I have movie? no idea, but he because he was in the post credit scene of the um, of Aquaman. So was he really? I, I that's how much I remember the end credit scene of aquaman because i did not get he, he's the con- he's like the atlanta conspiracy theorist and he like oh, teams he really? up with uh, manta remember oh yeah well i i remember that i remember manta's just like you're gonna help me take him down but i don't remember that was randall park and i'm like that's probably just how for i love the rest of that saturday morning cartoon but i do not remember that mid-credit scene one bit uh, well i to be fair i did see it like just a month ago which okay that's fair too but um but yeah i i liked i liked monica's development in the show i liked how she's how she basically she has to you know sword was basically created by her mother maria because of because her mother maria was inspired by her by her best friend carol aka captain marvel um to explore the unknown and the weird stuff essentially that's shield's equivalent of weird shit and um I, I like that we get to see Vision questioning everything that's going on, and even though even though um, even though it, it's unfortunate what happens to him in the end, I I really like that we get to see more of what made Wanda so significant. Um, I I like that they hint that Wanda. So I always thought that Wanda got her powers from the Soul Stone, but it turns out maybe that's not the case. Maybe she was always superpowered from the beginning. Um, and I also like that. It's I guess the same thing. Yeah, the show from. heavily hints that the Soul Stone didn't give her her powers, but more no. so amplified them. It's possible that she actually may be a mutant. Um, and this is probably the first hint. I mean, of, they can use the word now. They do own Fox. They do own Fox, and they do own the X Men. So it's possible. I mean, fuck, they already have like a major X Men. They have a major city that usually appears in the X Men comics, appearing in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, it's, it, I, I'm very curious to see where they're, where they're going to go down with that. But, um, so what I did assume, you think? I assume we'll find out in uh, Dr. Strange too, since it seems like Wanda will be a major character in that film. Oh yeah. And I think she, I think she's all, I don't know if it's been confirmed, but I think she is going to appear in the, no, uh, no way from home, no way from home or no way back home. Whatever the fuck Spider-Man three is called. Yeah. I don't give a shit. <laughs> all i know is that like uh, spider-man multiverse (laughs) all i know is that if toby Maguire comes back and andrew garfield comes back it'll be an even bigger event i mean they have to come back at this point i mean you got you got alfred molina coming back who apparently so i so i didn't think it was going to be the same doc ock apparently this is the according to alfred himself this is the exact same doc ock from which i feel so i'm I, I don't know re- how I feel about that, but I'm. Can I be real interested. about this? Yeah, I feel go like, for it. I feel like that's basically destroying his entire character arc from Spider-Man Two because he went from this, this. That's you know, why. That's Eric why I'm scientist. Mixed on it. Yeah, yeah, he went from this arrogant scientist who had this great, who you know had it pretty well, and then you know because of his arrogance, his wife died, and you know he let his arm, his tentacles, do all the talking. <laughs> Mm -hmm. i'm like i always thought that was an odd choice but like 
as a kid, I'm like, Ooh, interesting. But as an, as an adult, I'm like, what the fuck? And then, and then he gets like, he, he has, well, he's a, basically getting corrupted by like yeah. artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. And it's but he's, until the end of the movie where he's finally able to get the willpower to get just enough of his sanity back to do the right thing. And, you and know, he's like, ultimately I will not die a monster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh God, I love that line. It's so, so good. Because, and then like, so yeah, I feel like they're going to basically destroy his character arc in the process. But. It, it depends. It depends how, how they hand, handle it. They're like, also I saying, know, I have to, they're also saying that Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin is the exact Willem Dafoe Green Goblin. I'm like, how is that fucking possible? So wait, well, you wait, might as well, well you might as well throw Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield back in the mix. I, I mean, hell, if Jamie Foxx is coming back to play is Electro Willem Dafoe in the movie, I don't remember. I don't remember hearing about him. I there, it's been heavily rumored, um, as far as I'm concerned. But but anyways, yes, Willem Dafoe, you could easily throw him in because he doesn't really. Because I mean, he's still a villain basically at the end of that film. So uh, I, I, you can you can easily toss him in. I don't even. I don't care. MJ and I. We're going to have, have a hell of a time. <laughs> misery, 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 misery. I offered you friendship and you spat in my face. <laughs> um, but, but yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but anyways, so yeah, WandaVision. Um, yeah, I, I overall, I, I found WandaVision to be quite the surprise and I enjoyed it quite a bit. So I, um, I'm curious as to what you have to say about this, Reese, because I'm sure you have, you, as you said earlier, you have quite a bit to say. So lay it on me, McDuff. Okay. That's how you know, going to be interesting. <laughs> WandaVision. So I think that this series works best when it sticks to its original premise of it being this goofy ass, this goofy ass sitcom homage and then in the back and within the background you see these hints that something isn't quite right and it and and it's and i and i absolutely love this premise because on one hand the comedy is genuinely hilarious there were multiple moments you know throughout these you know throughout these episodes where i'm actually like laughing out loud which i think is a testament you know to the incredible writers and how they were able to adapt it and so you have that but then at the but at the end, at the same time while you're laughing there's also this veneer of just uneasiness creepiness and just disturbing stuff happening in the background all at the same time and it gives this really it's not even just unique for a marvel film it's unique for like any kind of medium like obviously horror comedies are a thing but nothing quite like this where it's like you genuinely have like laugh tracks and stuff like this and you know physical you know physical sketch comedy but then you also just have like really weird quite you know you start questioning like the sanity of all the characters at the same time. And and when the show does that, I think it's, you know, it nails it in spades. Like, you know, you have like, like you mentioned specifically like the credit sequence, I think at the end of episode five, where it's like ending, where it's like ending like a typical episode of full house, which also has a uh, uh, Elizabeth Olsen funny enough. Everywhere you look, <laughs> everywhere. I fucking hated Full House. I'm not gonna. I'm. Not, I'm oh yeah, I I don't like Full House. Not a fan. <laughs> but I, I like I like the homage to Full House in Wandavision though. But anyways, but yeah, like how this credit sequence is happening, and how and how Wanda is is using it to kind of like break the fourth wall, and that's genuinely mm-hmm. funny. But at the same time, you have the disturbing premise of wait a minute is wanda doing all this chaos what kind of hell is she putting these these people through 
and, going back on going back on that uneasiness real bit in that same episode remember when agatha shows up and she's like all right so you just want to take it back from the top and that's when you're just oh like, my god oh yeah that moment yeah <laughs> that was that was very uneasy too i felt that that was that was a that was a like very like uncomfortable moment not just for and them, it's so but good. even and it's so we good the because, audience can feel it too and it's so good because like the the music like the music just stops too yeah. Yeah. Like there's like, there's no, there's no, there's not even like a creepy musical cue. It's just like all the ambient music just stops and like, you just feel it instantly. Mm-hmm. And then it just, and then it just resumes as if nothing happens. And, and, and even vision, he's like, yo, what the hell was that, man? Yeah, he's just like, what? Is everything okay? <laughs> and so I think when the show does that, like it nails it, but it unfortunately likes to deviate deviate from that original premise and that's where i think the show like really starts to fall flat so you didn't you didn't really like any so yeah did you really not like any of the stuff that so you didn't like when darcy's watching the show you didn't like all the stuff out. i thought that was i thought that was okay i think it was fine for one episode because i th- i feel like to a degree you have to see what's going on in the outside world mm-hmm. so that you can understand what's happening like inside of the hex and whatnot and so i think deviating it for you know that one episode i think it was episode four i think i think that worked but after that like constantly like throughout the episodes it's like going back and forth between the sitcom and the re- in the real world and i'm like Man, I don't give a shit about any of this. I want to see what's happening in the sitcom. This is the interesting stuff. These are the characters I'm gonna that be, I'm invested in. I'm going to be honest with you. I found the stuff outside of the show actually just uh, uh, probably more interesting for me. Probably because I'm just like, and, and it's not to say I wasn't interested in the sitcom in, in Westview because I was definitely invested in what was going in Westview, but I was always curious as to like, how are the rest of the, how are the guys outside of, the barrier tackling this. And I really liked how, like I really liked the Monica's like story of like how it turns out, like because of how, because of she went through the barrier, like multiple times, you see that her cellular structure has changed and now she's developing some sort of power. I mean, like remember when she returns Wanda, you know, telekinetically like throws her up and then, she accidentally drops her, but the way Monica does a superhero landing on the ground, I'm like, that's fucking awesome. So I'm like, so I was, I was heavily also invested in that arc. I mean, so I, so as much as I, as much as I enjoyed all the Westview stuff, the stuff outside of Westview is just as important because it's, it's not just Wanda's story. It's like everyone else that's involved because it all ties back all together, I feel like, but that's just me. Yeah, I guess I guess for me the problem I had with it is that like all the stuff outside of Westview just felt like you know um, exposition dump plot details, and I just fair. didn't and I I didn't really like and here's the thing if like the characters were like if I was like thoroughly entertained by the characters and, and again like they have their moments like it's not terrible but it's like I'm just way more interested in what's going on inside the Westview I love. Mm-hmm you know, not just Wanda and Vision, but like, you know, the possessed people. Like, I genuinely think that they have interesting personalities, especially when for fleeting moments they start to break. Like, there's like, oh my gosh, there's the the one scene in episode five where the guy is like sawing like um, his fence. Yeah. And and Vision's like trying to, like, hey, uh, you might have missed the spot. And he's like, oh, and he kind of has like this robotic mannerism. And I'm like, Mm. That's the stuff. That's the stuff that I want to see. I want to see where this goes. The stuff outside, it's just like, 
it's typical I, I Marvel. Know. It's typical Marvel plot that goes on outside. Whereas, like in the in the Westview sitcom, in the Wandavision sitcom, it feels like a Wandavision sitcom. By the way, the Wandavision sitcoms are actually I like how unique they are to their era and like how they portray them. Because like it's Wandavision in the first episode. It's like, oh my god, how am I going to get this dinner going? How am I going to get this dinner going? Oh my god, I'm kind of freaking out here. Oh my god. They're trying to put a, a, a show together in the sixth episode. No, in the second episode. And she's just, they have this like magic show and they're just trying to figure out, oh, this is how we're going to do it. And so, by the way, can I just, I like can I just say I love drunk vision? Like, can we get more <laughs> drunk vision? <laughs> I was about to say that too. I also like the not, I also like the homage to, because I think the 60s episode is also an homage to, um, oh God, what was that show? Bewitched. Uh, yeah, Bewitched. Yes, yes. I'm also thinking of like, didn't they do a, they did the Bewitched movie too, which was also a parody of Bewitched as well as I think it's like, I think that fucking movie is pretty fucking meta too. But, but yeah, I, I like that. I liked how they're just like basically using like simple ways to like hide their abilities <laughs> and it, it's like the struggle. And yeah, drunk vision, just like, no, I'm going to go do this and that. And Wanda's just like, Oh God, here we go. <laughs> By the way, that's the episode where you really start to see things start to crack a lot. Because, like, when you see the toy helicopter that's supposed to be a sword drone and it's colored red, um, it's like the only thing that hasn't changed color at all. And then when you hear when when uh, Wanda is talking to the the people to the other housewives or whatnot, and then you hear Jimmy on the radio going, "Wanda, can you hear me? Wanda, Wanda," and she causes um, her her fellow housewives hand to like accidentally destroy the class and she's bleeding and stuff. I'm like, this is like, you can definitely tell something's something's going on. And then especially of course, when they get to the end, when the guy in the hazard suit drops in from the sewer and it looks like he's wearing a beehives costume and Wanda basically rewinds everything after she's like, no. And then when they transition into the seventies at the tail end of that episode, I'm like, huh? it's very it's very interesting to see how wanda is like changing things if that makes any sense mm -hmm. yeah that that's my that's my first criticism of the show and then i i have one i i, I guess i guess two criticisms but they kind of like they kind of like meld together and that and you alluded to this earlier like in the in the final episode the show tries to redeem wanda and I don't think that that redemption was earned personally. Mm -hmm. And Which is I, and I critical. Yeah. And I, that. and I feel like, and I feel like they, and I feel like a part of this has to do with Agatha who, again, I love Catherine Hahn, but if I'm being completely honest, I don't think that she should have been revealed to be Ag Agatha in the show. I felt like that took away from a lot of, I feel like they try to take a lot of, a lot of the redemption that Wanda needed and I feel like they tried to shift the blame to Agatha. Like, no, no, Agatha's the real villain here. It was Agatha all along. <laughs> which which isn't even true. It wasn't Agatha all along. It was right. Wanda. She created the hex. Right. She is mm -hmm. controlling all of these people. Agatha has nothing to do with it. She just wants the power. And so I, I felt like Agatha was just more of a distraction and just of an excuse to have a final a final battle. A final, at the end of the a final boss fight, essentially. Or final, yeah, like, basically. Villain. I do, I do like that we do get to, 
I'm actually I am glad though that Wanda turns out that she is the one who created everything because it shows that because yeah. again it, it ties back into the grieving process in her grief she's created this fantastical world like world for herself or a little bubble that she can live in so that she can uh, spend the rest of her days in happy in happy bliss if that makes any sense with the memory of her vision or whatnot um, she does she she doesn't want to remember that her vision died a horrible death by Thanos. Um, and by the way, Thanos, you may not even know who she is, but you will. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but yeah, it's, but it's sire, a- our troops just do just it. <laughs> you know, what's really messed up too. Um, Thanos did Scarlet witch and the old boy remake. Oh yeah. I, I remember someone posted a meme about that. <laughs> um side note um i actually have not seen both versions of either version of old boy but everyone has told me to stay away from the remake but uh which is surprising but anyways but yeah anyways um it's just crazy that going back on how wanda like she should be she she should be held accountable which is an interesting parallel to the next show that we're about to discuss and we'll get more into that later. But like, if you think about like in that one, Bucky, he has to answer for a lot of his crimes too, mm-hmm. as a winter soldier, but we'll get into that. We'll get into that one in a sec, but, but yeah. Oh yeah. Overall, I was just really, I guess I, I thought it was because I thought that they were going to like frame Wanda as like the antagonist of the show. And I thought that was going to be like, and that was really cool. I, thought, I really liked that angle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I thought because I thought that was really interesting. Because if you think about it, Wanda starts off in the MCU as a villain, and then she gets redeemed at the end of Ultron. So I thought it was really interesting that like, so it would have oh, been. Oh, nice. hey, this this person this person who became good is about to relapse, in you know into, into like her villain yeah her villainous ways, and I but then they cop out of it at the last second. It's like no, no, she's a hero, and it's like, well. Well, to, to quote uh, Thor from a Ragnarok, is it though? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it, it, it's funny too because I remember in the comics she did start off as a villain. She was part of Magneto's Brotherhood Brotherhood of Mutants, um, and so um, yeah, it's just it, it's it would have been it would have been interesting to see her dive back into. I wouldn't put her back into full blown villainy, but I would have put her back into like maybe an anti villain stance. If that makes any sense, like she's at doing least it. at least an antagonizing force. Yeah, an antagonizing force, but she's doing it. But she mean she doesn't mean any harm. She she means well, but unfortunately, it doesn't work out for everyone else. If that makes any sense. Yeah, and an antagonizing force act that like wants to cause the least amount of harm possible, but will but will ultimately do it or End do it to get to get her goals. Good. Yeah. Even even if even if she tries to justify it internally, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, but and they don't go that route, unfortunately. No, they don't really go that route. It would actually, it probably would have made the show a lot ten times more better. Actually, in all honesty. Yeah. Hmm. But how did you feel about Vision's arc overall? Because I liked, I, I actually I, was invested. I in loved, I loved Vision's arc this film i have no complaints there i i like how he's kind of in a sense he's almost the eyes of the audience because he's kind of the detective yeah like he is we he's are, really trying to figure, figure out yeah, trying to figure one. out what's going on mm-hmm. 
and like and as we said earlier he also has some of the most hilarious moments in the show too mm-hmm. like drunk vision is great um him trying to like <laughs> by the way his his outfit in the 90s in the 90s <laughs> slash 2000s episode where he looks like his classic want vision self is fucking the hilarious. way he just, the way he just lumps downstairs like sells it so it's hard. like oh, boop, boop, boop. <laughs> Um, side note: There's uh, a, there's a one small moment in episode five where Agatha enter, enters the room and he like quickly puts the pillow up to his face because he's in vision mode and so he has to like do his magic thing to where he looks like Paul Bettany face and he's like, oh Agatha, I was massaging <laughs> the pillow with my face <laughs> and it's this gen like I when I say it, it's not funny, but like in the context of the show, like he like Paul Bettany sells that line so good. I, remember, I love him throughout the entire show. I remember when I remember like he's saying like there's an actor I'm really looking forward to working with and I like I I, uh, you know, I like, alluded to that actor. during the intro of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I felt what I was... felt so bad for Paul Bettany going through cuz like I could totally see what was going through his mind when he said that and then when all of that online discussion started started going off he's like Oh shit! What have I done? Who could it be? No, Who could no, it be? No, Who could no. it be? Who could it be? <laughs> well, no. What was crazy is like remember when Mon- when Monica says like I know an astrophysicist who can help us, and everyone was thinking, uh, yeah, is it Reed I remember Richards? every everybody jumped on Reed Richards, and I'm like, I don't know, guys. That's a and it turned stretch. out and Come it turned on. out to be this one actress. Yeah. And, and let me talk about. If Reed, like, expecti- listen, if, if Reed Richards is going to get introduced, it's going to be in the post credit scene of a film. There's no way they would introduce him. He could probably Reed actually Richards. be. There's actually a theory I heard that he could the way to the other way to introduce the Fantastic Four would be in Quantum Mania, the Ant Man and Wasp sequel, because um, like maybe they've been in the quantum realm for such a long time and that's how they get their powers. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's but again, that's a, that's a film though, not a TV show. So here's something I want to discuss real quick, and that's fan expectations and how versus how does it fit the story and like. Look, as so much we're gonna as have the, we're going to have the Ralph Boner conversation. Okay. Yes, we, well, not just the Ralph Boner conversation, but just in general, because like a lot of fans had so many expectations and they really wanted Mephisto to be the real villain of the show. They wanted to see Reed Richards show up. They wanted maybe to see uh, Magneto be showing up in the show as Wanda's father. Uh, they wanted Pietro to actually be Pietro, not Ralph Boner. And the question is like, that's great and all, but how does it serve the story? Like what point would it serve other than just fan service? So uh, I'm so of two it, minds on this front. I think, I think it's there, there isn't necessarily a right or wrong answer to this when it comes to fan expectations versus mm-hmm. the end product. Cause, cause at, at, like you mentioned, like when it comes down to the end of it, the story comes first, the story, all the story absolutely the needs to come first. I th- if the fan expectations can fit into that story that the writers want to tell, then by all means, like mm. go for it. But the story comes first. I would rather have, I would rather have a good story over some pointless fan service because otherwise you'll get stuff like Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. I was just about to fucking <laughs> say that. Actually, great <laughs> <laughs> right minds think alike. But but it's true though because like. They tried to, well, it wasn't just in Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. I would just say the entire, almost the entire 
sequel trilogy alone is guilty of this because like they're throwing in all these like nostalgic mm-hmm. things like hey remember this or whatnot and like i mean force but awakens rise, was i think rise of, of skywalker rise of skywalker i think suffers from the most of it because i would agree unlike, too. unlike the unlike the other films even again even last jedi which i'm not a fan of i can at least respect the last jedi because at the end of the day it is trying it is genuinely trying to tell a story with a unique angle that you know ryan johnson wanted to do something you know hey you know what i have an idea to what to do with these characters i think this could work it personally didn't work for me it worked for a lot of people i appreciate that he at least took the risk rise of skywalker is none of that it's such a cynical it's such a cynical cash grab of you know what we you know we don't even need to try we can just like do make random references uh play uh random um overture themes that you know make callbacks and stuff like that and you know, and people will be happy. And I pretty much everyone unanimously agrees that it's you know the worst of the Disney trilogy. I have a hot take here. Um, while I do agree that it is by far the weakest, um, if you want to talk about worst movies in the Disney era, I would say Solo is a piece of shit movie over this. I thought Solo was okay. Like it's, I, I'd say it it's is completely fucking pointless. Like why? It is. It is. I agree. But I, I think, I think Solo is inoffensive. Mostly, I think it's a, the the one ex, the one exception. Don't say is, Darth Maul because, that, because no, 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 no. That's not what I'm gonna say. The, the when he's talking to the Imperial officer, well, your your what's your last your fa- whatever he says family name. He's like, I don't have one. I'm alone. Hmm, Han. Soul that that is, that was terrible. That is an that egregious. Pe- that is an egregious act on just <laughs> fandom and everywhere. And uh, because uh, look, as much as we look, I okay. So I do like Rise of Skywalker, but I do agree that is it is unfortunately the weakest of the three movies. But you said it. You said it in our four hour long conversation in our, in your special Reese, but like you said that like compare, I mean, sure. You still think that Bryce Skywalker is pretty bad, but you mean last Jedi? No, I'm still talking about rise of Skywalker, but like I would say between rise of Skywalker, you would still pick rise of Skywalker over wonder woman 84, because at least rise of Skywalker still has like some good moments, like scattered here and there. Like you, you, you pointed out there are individual scenes that, stand out if that makes any sense yeah yeah i I mean that's that's such a low bar though like uh, which i don't, I, I don't which want i, get, I don't want I I, i'd rather not watch any of those films to be honest and, 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 it's, and it's or at least be heavily it's intoxicated. i get that i i get that absolutely of course but like I shit mean, give me spider-man 3 like i will <laughs> happily watch spider-man 3 will you give watch that sober dancing, get oh hell dude give me some dancing toby mcguire <laughs> <laughs> Side note, side note. So I think me and Jeff are like, for the longest time, I thought me and Jeff were the only two people in the entire world who will adamantly defend Spider-Man 3. But I think we might. So good. (laughs) I think we might include Reese in this. (laughs) But uh, anyways, um, I I used to be a Spider-Man 3 hater, but I was I was one over. I was one over. Please tell me it was because of Pizza Parker. No, I had nothing to do with that actually. No, so like eat your so vegetables. I, was... <laughs> I wait. I thought you hated Pizza Parker. I still do, but like it's kind of grown on me over the years. I'll be honest. <laughs> 
that, that, you see that's how that's how it starts it starts when you when you hate some something then you start watching it ironically and then finally you just you give in it's like you know what fuck it so um it's a part of me now i'm still i'm still like i would like a below job sir <laughs> <laughs> pizza time <laughs> <laughs> so anyways wonder vision is a pretty good show i i, I recommend it <laughs> yeah it, it definitely has its problems i think i i think the um the the last couple of episodes are definitely weaker I, although of course again i'm biased because a lot of that takes place you know outside of the hex or if or if it does take place inside the hex it abandons the sitcom aspect and kind of just turns into a more generic ish show but overall i'd still think it's a great show that's worth watching especially if you already have disney plus like if you i mean if you already have disney plus i mean you probably already watched it if we're being real Mm -hmm. but yeah all right well there you have it folks that is the first part of the marvel cinematic universe tv shows on disney plus um this was a lot of fun to do and i really am glad that i was able to do this with reese um So when we return, we're going to be talking about the other one, Falcon and Winter Soldier. And that's going to be, we get pretty deep on that one in terms of its subject matter. And also, um, overall, it was, that was a pretty good discussion too. And I'm I'm proud of that one as well. So in the meantime, guys, uh, be sure to follow the show on Instagram at TNAPCAST. That's T-N-A-A-P-C-A-S-T. And of course, be sure to follow the show on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, the channel, oh. uh, be sure to comment and subscribe there, give us suggestions and feedback there as well, and of course you can give, you can follow the show on Apple Podcasts and uh, Spotify as well, but uh, when we return, it is going to be Falcon and the Winter Soldier with Reese, so for everyone here, it's Eric, sorry Jeff that you're not here, but um, yep, stay shiny everyone, have a good one. Next level. Next level.